Oh, we're just looking at each other like, who, who's going to talk first? Uh, blessed Advent uh, to all of you friends uh-huh. out there. Uh, we're almost there. Almost Christmas. Christmas. It's coming. It's coming. Christmas. Um, yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. We're excited. We're pumped. Uh, yeah, you know what I'm gonna doing have, for we're Christmas? We're going to have some people. I have no plans for Christmas right now. Do you need a place to come and can celebrate Mass? I will probably go to Tulsa and see okay. my parents. Oh, that's and, fine. That's if you're into uh, that. Because <laughs> it is a weekend Mass. Yeah. And St. John, there's no there's no one here. All the students, sweet, yeah. sweet children leave. That's okay. Yeah. Hopefully they're going to their parishes. Oh, well, uh, All you students, if you're listening, you better. And, and uh, we were we were walking through masstimes.org with the students recently. Oh really? And you know, have you ever used it since I've uh, used mass I, I mean not a lot. In the in the recent years. Well now we were looking at it and I was looking at a student who's from Owasso and I, I said, uh, okay, let's look at here, let's look at the closest parish. And she punches it into masstimes.org and it pops up and it shows St. Mary's. And it starts going all these other St. Mary's in Tulsa? So it goes within like a 30-mile radius of the earliest to latest mass times. Oh, that's no good. Well, it was beneficial this way in that you could go on the map and punch the church that was closest to you. But also, if you just wanted to see the earliest mass times, listen, and then finally, do you know what St. Henry, it's called St. Henry, King of Bavaria. That's the name of the church? Uh Uh-huh, in Owasso. I did not know that. Does Matt Lachance know that? I don't know. Well, he better. I'm sure he does. He's a, he's a he's a historian. Yeah, he is. He's an architect. Yep. So it, uh, wow. So I don't I, th- ha- I think let me just may I, may I give may I offer a word of um of um of um of Condolence? praise of oh. praise. I think you guys like that like that like you're you're. I think you guys do a good job of connecting college students back to their parish. That's what we're trying to do. And then when they graduate, like connecting them, you know, to the parish where they're where they're going. I think that's important because I think. I think we we I think we talked about this a couple of weeks or months ago, but um, like I remember, you know, like graduating from college and then trying to kind of enter into parish life and thinking, this is not like college. <laughs> you know, this priest is not as friendly as my college it's priest. Not nine p.m. in yeah, my dorms. The, these mass times are not you know super conducive to my, <laughs> as my friend Tim Green says, he went to Notre Dame. We were at Notre Dame together, and he. He said, "You know, people go to they go to their parish, and they're like, the priest never never quotes you know pop culture, like like my priest in college, and the mass times are not convenient like they were in college, and they make us wear shoes." <laughs> anyway, because at Notre Dame you have a church in your oh own, in your in dorm, and you you walk down to the basement, and there's mass, blessed sacrament in every dorm. It's cool. I mean, it's awesome, but. Yeah, the convenience factor goes away when you're a parish. Um, we've been walking through the Mass, and it's been, I think, quite fun for us, enlightening. Oh, yeah. Last episode, we talked about um, the different Eucharistic prayers. Oh, reconciliation, um, one, two, three, four. Yeah, six, and the, seven, you know, eight, kind nine, of the length ten, of them, nine, and 12. it's up to kind of each priest to, to, to choose which Eucharistic prayer um, that, that we use. Uh-huh. And hopefully that was beneficial to people because you don't. I think a lot of times people don't know kind of what you know what's in that book that you guys have up there, the Roman Missal. It's well, it's all it's all in there. So now when we get into, we want to like dive into the what what are the like the parts of the Eucharistic prayer. So so just as to back up, we do um, you know we have the kind of the readings, the homily, the the creed, the prayers of the faithful. 
Um, the gifts are brought forward. We have the collection. Uh, oh, can I say? Oh, oh that, yeah. that, can I a word about the collection? Uh huh. So we um we we were ripping on my dad for putting uh, foreign money into the collection. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And he listened. Well, my dad called me. I mean, and my uh -oh. dad my dad calls me. You know, because he's my dad, and I call him because I'm his son. But he called me specifically to discuss the uh, foreign money in the collection. Practical joke. And he said, basically, he said, he didn't call me naive, but he he said, in, you know, your your situation there in Stillwater is different than our situation here in Houston. And I was like, tell me, explain. So he said, you know, in Houston, uh, what you have in Houston is a lot of people who travel internationally a lot. So all the, I mean, all those oil companies, all those companies headquartered in Houston, the, the port of Houston, you know. And so you have all these people, like in my parish, where, you know, where I grew up, St. Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, Friends of Jesus Catholic Church in Kingwood, you have all these people who travel all over the world. And so he, my dad estimated that Saints Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, Friends of Jesus, every year, gets two to $4,000 a year in foreign money. You think so? He said, because there are guys, there are hundreds of, of, of men and women like me who travel, come home with some foreign money, and, and like, what do you do with it? And so we put it in the collection. <laughs> but your dad also traveled like... A million miles a year, almost. I mean, yeah, he was all. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that many. It would be yeah. like Saudi Arabia to Japan. Yeah, yeah, twice a year Saudi Arabia, twice a year Japan, twice a year Australia. What? And so, that's a long. You flight. know, for a week or ten days or yeah. Anyway, so I'm just I, I, throw, I throw that out there. The other thing on the collection, um, uh, we got a lot of feedback. Um, people liked the idea, and I think we're going to do it here of like a a, um, a little card that says like I gave online. So I think we're going to do it. We're going to put it out in the Narthex in 2023. Whoa. We also added a QR code to our bulletin or to our um, worship aid. Oh, yes. So you can, boom, click. By the way. And donate. Yeah? I just tried to use your music books the other day. Yeah? They don't have any good music on them. Can we burn That's them over? That's not true. Yeah. Like, I knew, I know a lot of music, and now I All see- All the hymns are in there. No, they're not. Yes, they are. Uh -uh. What were we trying to sing? I For Immaculate Conception? Uh, I was trying to sing either the Marian hymns or they're all in there. The Eucharistic hymns are boring. You're boring. I mean, there's not. I mean, there's Your like mom's the boring. <laughs> 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 we going down this road again? <laughs> Your mom sings a new church into being. Your mom's a new church. What? <laughs> the, no, it just even I like went to that blue music hymnal. I was like, the Gather hymnal is fine. No, it's not. Junkasaurus Rex. Let me burn it. During Christmas it's break. It's fine. No, why do you use a worship hymnal then? A we started aid? during COVID. It's more visitor friendly. The book isn't? The book is not visitor friendly. When you're if you've never been to a mass or you're visiting the parish and you walk in so and up on the board are forty eight different numbers. So you're making a worship aid for twenty five people every weekend. That's part of our audience. Yeah. It also allows us to do to to do to do more hymns, I think yeah, that are not in the book. Yeah, because the hymnals junk. You're junk. 
Um, in the trunk. <laughs> the, that's so funny. Um, okay, okay, so but, back to back to the Eucharistic prayer. Um, okay, when later. the Eucharistic when the Eucharistic prayer starts, um, everyone kneels after the Sanctus, after the Holy Holy. Everyone kneels again. Don't forget to put your kneelers up. And and there was a debate in the United States in the in the early two thousands, and the debate was this. Do we kneel in the United States? And what parts do we kneel? Because we have uh, influence. It does vary by We, we have country. Italian, Hispanics. We have Germans and Irish influence in the United States. So the debate was, when do we kneel? And we went with, I think, the Irish-German customs in the United States, border to border. Because I remember the Bishop's Conference. I was watching it when I was a satellite engineer. What was like, the debate? And the debate was, well, what do we do in the border towns? And a bishop got up and said, well, in the border towns, we do this, this, and this. And this other bishop got up and goes, but you're in the United States of America. We're going to follow the tradition in the United States of America, which is Irish-German, which is all over the place. So that's where everybody went. Um, They made the firm agreement that border to border in the United States, everybody kneels from the Holy Holy to the uh, Great Amen. Yeah. Yeah. Bob's your uncle. Done. Wow. Well done. Okay, so looking at the general mm-hmm. instruction of the Roman Missal, yep. uh, here's what it says about the Eucharistic prayer. Uh, now the center and high point of the entire celebration begins, namely the Eucharistic prayer itself. That is the prayer of thanksgiving and sanctification. So two things happening, right? We're giving thanks to Almighty God for uh-huh. all his benefits, all of his blessings, and we're asking the Lord to sanctify us. To make us holy. Um, so the, yeah. the Mass, when people are like, I love Mass because I see all my friends, fine. I love Mass because of the music, fine. Ultimately, the Mass, the point of the Mass, the purpose, is our sanctification. Yeah. That offer, for us to grow, to grow in holiness individually and as a people. I would add to that, to offer the, to God what belongs to God. Yes, yeah, it is right and just. Yeah, and that, that's one of the beautiful lines... Um, uh, in the Byzantine Divine Liturgy is what you're offering to God what belongs to God. And that's why I like Eucharistic Prayer 4, because it has that in there. Eucharistic Prayer 4? Yeah. You never use Eucharistic I, Prayer 4. I, Hey, you know what? I'm going to start, Knucklehead. 2023. Love it. Okay. Then the, the general instruction continues on. Uh, the priest calls upon the people to lift up their hearts towards the Lord in prayer and thanksgiving. Yeah. He associates the people with himself in the prayer that he addresses in the name of the entire community mm-hmm. To God the Father through Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit, that's key. Yeah. So when the the priest is the only one doing the speaking, but he's praying on behalf of of all those people to the Father th- through Jesus Christ in the Holy Spirit. So yeah. the Trinity is is very present. Furthermore, the meaning of this prayer is that the whole congregation of the faithful joins with Christ. Yep in confessing the great deeds of God and in the offering of sacrifice. The Eucharistic prayer requires that everybody listens to it with reverence and in silence. There we go. That means no babies are allowed to cry. Ever. I'm <laughs> yeah. just kidding. I love babies. They're yeah, awesome. I, I like Father Mike Schmitz when I he like says... I like babies when they cry at Mass. When he says in his Pray the Mass like never before, he says, we're, we're, we're basically been told to watch all of our lives. Mm. Watch. Just be quiet and watch. Just watch. Just watch what's going on. Watch and don't say anything. Yeah, be a passive recipient and, of... And, 
yeah. and the germ, the general instruction of the Roman Missal, and the liturgy here is is saying your job is not to watch what Father is doing. Oh my gosh, he's praying so well. I like his voice, and it's it's supposed to. You're supposed to be uniting yourself. With yeah. the pre-sacrifice, yeah. don't says, watch. Pray, Unite. Says, Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and, and yours. yours, like you have a sacrifice to bring to yep. this this yep. holy and divine liturgy, and it's being placed upon the altar. Love it. That, that, okay, so just uh, I like in the divine liturgy, there's this thing called the discos, and not to like do do do, but to go It's it looks like a giant patent. It's a big patent, and the priest, as he's doing the preparation of the of the of the lamb, the bread, he's cutting off different pieces and he's putting them on there. That is the intentions of the people, and so the good people of God, you all the listeners out there, you have to, you're, as we talked about this, bring an intention to mass yeah. and pray at mass because. This is the great holy sacrifice of yep. the Lord when he offered himself to the eternal father for the forgiveness of our sins, for our sanctification and holiness. And so you're, you and we are participating in this together. The, the, the priests, um, ministerial priesthood, and then the priesthood of the people. Of the baptized. Of the baptized. So that you have a sacrifice When you well. were baptized, yeah. The priest said you have been baptized priest, prophet, and king. Booyah. Unto eternal life. Okay, so then there's this great part of the Mass, and it happens, depending on which Eucharistic prayer, it like does it happen if Eucharistic prayer two, it happens kind of quickly. Uh Eucharistic prayer one, a little bit, a little bit later, and it's called the Epiclesis. E-P-I-C-L-E-S-I-S, the Epiclesis. So here's what the, the general instruction said. The Epiclesis, in which by means of particular invocations, the church implores. I love that. Implores the power uh-huh. of the Holy Spirit that the gifts offered by human hands, uh-huh. the, the priests, humans, right? Robots are not a threat to the priesthood. <laughs> Take that, uh, uh, Elon, yeah, Elon Musk. Okay. <laughs> that the gifts offered by human hands be consecrated, that is, become Christ's body and blood, and that the unblemished sacrificial victim to be consumed in communion Whoa. may be for the salvation of those who will partake of it. So the epiclesis is that you can tell that this is happening by a couple things. The, the priest is going to t- take his hands and place them, and like, I'm, we're on the radio, so I'm like, <laughs> and yes. he's going to go like this, everyone. <laughs> no, he's going to kind of take his hands and place them over the bread and the wine. So you see... What you'd see, yeah, is there's uh-huh. a kind of a definite movement, almost like, a, I mean, the way I do it is like a almost kind of make a little circle with my hands. Yeah. And then put my your hands over the bread and the wine, calling down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine. It's it's beautiful to watch another priest, Father Paul Scheller at Conception Abbey. Stillwater native. Stillwater native. He Just watching another priest celebrate Mass as he put his hands down over the chalice, I was like, I was I I almost forgot to say the words of consecration oh. because I was like he's calling down the Holy Spirit upon bread and wine to change it to the body blood soul and divinity of Jesus Christ. I was like, oh, yeah, like it's a beautiful moment. So usually in most parishes in our I think in both of our parishes there's a there's a, a ringing of the bell. Uh huh. But not every parish that's not a requirement. Um, so that's one of the ways you can tell. But it's it's a really beautiful moment. The priest. Yeah. You know, in in humility, it's not you know when it's not the priest. The priest is not the one making the Eucharist, right? It's the the by the power of the Holy Spirit, 
that we're able to do what, yeah. what we do at Mass. But it's, I love that moment. So the, the epiclesis, this sort of this calling down of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine. What are the words? Let's do Eucharistic prayer. Just say Eucharistic prayer uh, three. I'm, I'm at one right now. Uh, okay, what's the epiclesis in Eucharistic prayer one? Um, okay, it says, be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless... No, it says, so it says 88, holding his hands extended over the offering, he says, celebrate with the concelebrants. Be pleased, O God, we pray, to bless, acknowledge, and approve this offering in every respect. Make it spiritual and acceptable, so that it may become for us the body and blood of your most beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. That's awesome. What's the epiclesis in Eucharistic Prayer 3? Uh, Eucharistic Prayer 4. Because it's the one both of us use the most, uh, we think. It says, Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you, by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become the body and blood of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose command we celebrate these mysteries. Yeah. So why are we doing it? Because Jesus told us to do this in memory of me. Um, so, the, so again, the word the wording is different in, in each Eucharistic prayer, but the, the the action is the same. The the priest calls down the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine. That is the epiclesis. Okay, so then we get to what we call uh, like the institution narrative. We start we we sort of transport ourselves back to the upper room and the Last Supper. Yes, and it's really cool. So this is what our little our little friend uh, Sister Mary Grace in her little book uh, that I've been using called "The Mass Explained." She says, "Then the priest recounts the story of what happened at the Last Supper." This is called the institution narrative because it is the story narrative, and how Jesus gave us instituted uh-huh. this sacrament of His love. He knew he was about to be betrayed and would be condemned and crucified. Ooh. By His divine power, He actually transformed His death ahead of time. Go on. How about that? He transformed his death ahead, ahead of, of time. time. He changed it from a horrible act of violent injustice to an unbelievable act of self-giving love that saved us all. Mm. And he preserved this self-sacrifice in the sacrament, creating a way to stay with us forever by his real presence in the Eucharist. Word. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Isn't that great? I, I do love this because it is. Uh, I was trying to explain uh, mass to a, a non-Catholic person the other day, a young yep. college student, yep. and I said, and he he said, well, what's the difference between a Protestant service and Catholic mass? And I said, well, a couple things. One, it's a sacrifice, uh, and Protestant churches don't have sacrifice. Two, the Catholic understanding is that we are making present the moment. So we're no longer in Stillwater, Oklahoma anymore. Yeah. We are in the upper room at Calvary. Um, and, and in that moment of Holy Thursday and Good Friday, pulled into that. Because we talked about last week, heaven and earth are full of God's glory. That heaven is coming down to earth as this holy, holy, holy is being sung. That the lamb on the altar from the book of Revelation we heard in Advent, uh, in, but prior to Advent, that blood of that lamb is being poured out upon the altar uh, there's that participation in that, uh, and it's all right here. And I think she said it well. This is the, what he instituted, what he gave us. Yeah, I love it. So in our in the in the church here uh, at Saint Francis Xavier, we have 
on the on the on the altar on the front of the altar is an image of the Last Supper, Da Vinci's uh-huh. Last Supper. Um, so that you know that can should remind you, you know, of 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 what what's happening kind of right above it. Um, could we go? Let's do Eucharistic prayer three. Uh huh. Um, of what is said. So the priest, this, I don't know if you've ever heard this term, all the, all you people out there, that the priest in the in the mass, the priest is standing in the place of Christ. Okay. So it gets a little, I think, especially for our Protestant friends, the language get makes them uncomfortable because what we're saying is in the Mass, the priest is another Christ. Now, I can see where that would make some people uncomfortable. Like, so, so the priest is Jesus. And what we're saying is, you know, yeah, obviously I'm not Jesus and you and Father Kerry is not Jesus. Uh-huh. But in the in the Mass... We are in that place. So both yes and no. So both yes and no. So when we mm-hmm. say the words, we call the institution narrative, when we say the words, you know, this, I mean, I say it at every Mass. This is my body. Uh-huh. Who, who, whose body? Who's my? It's first person. I'm speaking in the first person in the yeah, place yeah. of Jesus. So I don't say this is Jesus's body, which is given up for you. Uh huh. I say my. In the same way, this is my blood. Yeah. Of the eternal covenant. So let's hear here. Let's hear those words. So this is Eucharistic prayer three, uh, the institution narrative. What's the start at the like on the night? What is it, on the night he was betrayed? Um, okay. What does that say? In the formula that follows, the words of the Lord should be pronounced clearly. And distinctly. Yeah, as if like as, the priest is mumbling through the rest of it. For on the night he was betrayed, and then it says, he takes the bread and holds it slightly raised above the altar, continues. He himself took bread. I like the reflexiveness of that. He himself, yeah. He himself took, Giving you thanks, he said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples, saying, and then he bows slightly. Take this, all of you, and eat of it. For this is my body, which will be given up for you. And then it says, he shows the consecrated host to the people, places it again on the patent, and genuflex in yeah. adoration. Yeah. So and those then, words, I mean, so the priest is in that moment is speaking in the place of Christ. Yes. And I could see how that would make people uncomfortable. But I think if that if that makes you uncomfortable, um, it I and I'm not like ripping on anybody, but like it's it's important to understand the how Catholicism views the priest. Um, that being a priest is is a big deal. I don't. I'm not better. I'm not better than you. But the fact that I'm a priest, it, it's it makes me different. Yeah. Um, not again. Not I'm not better than you, but but I have a role. You have a role uh-huh. in the mass that is different. Nobody else can do. What we do. Um, so the old phrase, you know, there's no no priest, no Eucharist. Yeah. Um, that the priest is ordained to stand in the place of Christ. This is a whole separate topic, but like a lot of you know, the, like yeah, the, the arguments like where people to say, well, like why can't like why can't women be priests? Um, this is a, this is a big part of it because Jesus was a man. And the priest is standing in the place of Jesus. Yeah, Pope Francis um, said that a couple weeks ago when so, they asked him. Yeah, and so it's not it's not a better than it's a 
it's uh, the way the way uh-huh. you know the way when when God became man he he became he came as as a man and so uh, and this is like kind of a trivial way to put it but I've heard it explained you know like if you're ca- if you're casting a movie and you know who like who who are you going to pick to play the part of Jesus uh-huh you're going to pick a man or you're going to pick a woman I'm going to pick a man because yeah. that's now people then would you know kind of argue like well then all priests would have to be like Middle Eastern men <laughs> and why do you know Jesus spoke Aramaic but anyway but there is a difference between yeah. uh, our society would kind of say different there's a difference between men and women um, and it, and it's and it's not a it's it's an important difference we're not it's not better than but anyway that's that's when the priest is standing in the place of yeah. Christ um, it's not random. It's not anybody who can do that. It has to be a, a validly ordained priest who has received the sacrament of holy orders. Yeah, Pope John Paul II, Pope Benedict, and Pope Francis have all said the very similar yeah. thing. Yeah, and if that's all said, yeah. that everybody has a role in the life of the church, and priests have their role, and religious women and men have their role in the laity and married couples, and everybody has a role in the life of the church. And the role of the priest is to call down fire. Called down the Holy, Holy Spirit, Spirit yep. upon bread and wine, yep. as He took the chalice and giving you thanks, He said the blessing. These are all to the Father. So this is the second part of the institution narrative. What is what is what does Eucharistic Prayer three say? And they gave it to, the chalice to His disciples, saying, and then it, to His disciples, take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of My blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. That's key. Yeah, Jesus commanded us, do this in memory. So I would say, you know, to, I mean, churches that are not celebrating, like what, is that just like an optional command that Jesus gave? Do this in memory of me? Nah, we're not. Or like, I mean, we we do it every day. Um, and I think there's churches who, you know, like, we, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We have communion once a, once a year. Um, man, I would say, gosh, I I, I think we got to take Jesus more seriously on this one. Yeah, I agree. Do this in memory of me. Uh-huh. And then the priest takes the the chalice and holds it up for the people. Yep, uh, that's right. He see. shows the people. He shows the chalice to the people, placing it on the corporal and genuflects in adoration, yeah. and then says the mystery of faith. One kind of cool thing that happens at our at the Spanish Mass, and not just here, but in lots of different places. There's kind of a in in Mexico, especially. Yeah. There, it, it's not called for in the mass, but you just sort of hear it uh, when when the priest holds up the host or holds up the chalice. There's a little like kind of murmur that comes from the crowd. Yeah, and what they're saying is, um, uh, "My Lord and my God." Yeah. So the words, "El Señor y mi Dios." Yeah, those, they say no, "El Señor." Um, gosh, what are they? It's. I mean, I don't, I, I don't, no one ever says it like super clearly. You just hear like a, oh, Señor mío, Señor mío, Dios mío. Ah, uh, yeah. My Lord, yeah. My Lord and my God. Um, and I love it. I just love <laughs> it. I just love it. Um, it's just this little act of piety on behalf of a lot of different people. When they see that host, they, they know it's Jesus, my Lord and my God. It's really cool. The beautiful faith of people. Yeah, it's just oh man, puts us to shame. <laughs> it's just great. It's just great. So that that shame. institution narrative where it takes us back to the Last Supper. I mean, go back and read in the Gospels when when Jesus gathers with his apostles. 
um, you know, do this, do this in memory yep. of me. And so you'll see that depicted uh, quite a bit. Um, it's just awesome. Yeah. So th- there's the the uh, the calling down of the Holy Spirit, the Epiclesis, is really really important. You can't have, lock in people. You, well, you can't have you can't have a consecration without it. Uh, so uh, I think it was in the early 2000s there was a group of uh, I think Orthodox, maybe kind of separated from the Orthodox, and I don't re- I can't remember the name. I was looking for them, and it's not the Cyril Malabars, but it's somewhere in that kind of Indian Cyrillic um, Syrian air region. You know, that, that f- kind of faith tradition. And they wanted to come in full communion. And there was a whole liturgy investigation. And Father John Grant, our director of liturgy, would know this. A whole liturgy investigation whether they had a valid epiclesis. Oh. And, and so there was that discussion. Do you all have a valid epiclesis, uh, epiclesis? And in the end, the words were different. They proved to uh, the liturgy, uh, liturgy conference in the, in the, in the Latin church and the Catholic Church, that they indeed had an epiclesis, the calling down of the Holy Spirit upon the bread and the wine to become mm-hmm. the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. I remember there used to be like arguments about like, uh, like what if, what if the priest like dropped dead between the uh, the uh, the bread, like the elevations, the elevation of the bread and the like. It was did the mass like happen? And, and the answer is yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, I just always always thought that was kind of someone's got to come in and some, s- someone's thinking of weird scenarios. <laughs> it's happened before. I love it. All right, so we're just gonna we're just gonna keep rolling what? through we, through. It's well, this. This is over. I love it. This went way too I love fast. It. There's so much, guys. There's so much. So we'll pick it up there. I mean, we got the mystery of faith. We got the the Our Father, the sign of peace. It's, I think we should do a whole thing on like how to receive communion. Oh, we need to. We no got a finger licking yeah, good. Stop sticking your tongue all the way out. <laughs> all right. Happy Advent. Almost Christmas. God bless. Peace.